as we are coming out of the COVID shutdown and start to go back to reality, we are finding ourselves at a loss of how to reach out and network with people, reestablish those relationships and establish new relationships that can help us in our careers and our businesses. Today, we're joined by Molly Beck, who is the author of a book called Reach Out, The Simple Strategy You Need to Expand Your Network and Increase Your Influence. We're going to be talking with Molly about this concept and what we can do as individuals to build our networks, examine our networks, and use our networks not just for business improvements, but to spread joy in the world, something we desperately need. The Network for the AV Industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is episode 65, Reach Out, Spread Joy. AV Nation is brought to you by Sure, Sound Extraordinary. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this month's AV Social. Today, I'm very excited to report that we are joined by a special guest. Her name is Molly Beck. She is a speaker, a entrepreneur, and an author. And today, we're going to be talking about her book, Reach Out, the simple strategy you need to expand your network and increase your influence. So there she is showing the picture for us. Um, and, you know, we're, we're here at the tail end of COVID, or we hope is the tail end of COVID, what with Delta and everything else coming up. Um, we haven't been able to go out and network. We haven't been able to go out and shake the trees for more business, for better jobs in some cases. Um, you know, we've been laid off due to the COVID, some, some of us. And so... I think Molly's book is is in, in the discussion today is here to help you come up with, hey, I need a new strategy while I'm stuck at home to increase my business, to find a new position, to just overall get myself in a better stead from when we finally come out of this mess. So uh, again, Molly Beck, author of Reach Out. Molly, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I am so thrilled to be here. I love this podcast. I love it as a listener. One of my favorite episodes is episode 40, Acquisition Sandwich. I've listened to that several times. Just really love your show and so happy to be on as a guest today. Thank you for inviting me on. Absolutely. So basically, the, the short version of, of Reach Out is there. it seems like there's a lot about courage in there. To, to <laughs> You know, uh, we were talking a little bit right before we came on the air that it's 2021 you know, all of the millennials and the Gen, y, uh, Gen Zs or whoever's after, I, I'm Gen X. After us, you know, we don't care about anything. <laughs> but all the newer generations are coming into the workplace. Gen X has gone digital. Even some of the boomers have gone digital. And we don't like to talk on the phone. We don't like to, you know, go out and be involved in things. Um, even things like bowling leagues and, and you know, card clubs are sort of the thing of the past. Uh, there's a Harvard professor, uh, Robert Putnam, who wrote a whole book about it called Bowling Alone. So this whole idea of being social in person and talking to people and reaching out is kind of scary. Um, you know, how, how do you get over that fear to put yourself out there? Well, first of all, I want to say that Bowling Alone is one of my favorite books. I feel like it's an incredibly thick book. It took me like a million months to finish. It's huge. But man, <laughs> if I just don't think about that book three times a week, couldn't recommend that book more. I kept it in the back of my toilet for like literally three months. I would read like four pages at a time, finally got through it. But yeah, 
I really agree with you. I think that community is something that we all need and we want, but it's hard to create. And going back to what you just said about courage, <laughs> you know, I always say if I could sell a device that would send a networking email for you, I'd be a millionaire because the hardest part is hitting send on these emails. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the idea of reaching out, but just really dialing in on in a world where you could have any sort of community that you want, the power of creating your own community and not being dependent on where you went to school, your parents' network, just the immediate environment of where you live, and really handpicking a group of people around you is one of the most exciting, hopeful, freeing things, but also one of the most scariest, especially at the beginning, the hardest email that you will send when you're trying to build a community around yourself is the first one. And the second one will get you know 2% easier, 3%, but it never goes down to zero. I've been reaching out now for 10 years. Sent an email this morning that I was incredibly nervous about and was like, wow, yeah, I know I'm being on this podcast in two hours. And here I am like, you know, proofreading it one more time before I hit send, making sure that like the undo button on my Gmail is set up because I totally panic. You know, it's hard to build a community, but man, if it's not worth it. And, and for those of you that are watching and listening, this is not exclusively a young person problem. Between you and me, Molly, it took me a couple of days to send that message to you on LinkedIn saying, hey, I'd like to have you on my podcast. Because, <laughs> you know, the, the, the imposter syndrome, both males and females in the business world experience, it's a real thing. And, and it can be intimidating. Uh, you just got to kind of suck it up and realize, eh, if they don't like me, they don't like me. Right. And also, you know, <laughs> when you wrote that email, I couldn't even... I could, that LinkedIn message, I could not even tell you what was in that message. Like, I'm sure it was nice. I'm sure I was like, oh yeah, great, I'll be on your show. So the worst that would have happened is maybe I read it and I'm like, hey, I, I'm just really busy right now. Like, I'm not gonna respond or I'm, I'm gonna say sorry, not right now. But I think when you're sending that email out there, you feel like it's the most important email. But when you're receiving it, it either doesn't really register and it's a neutral response or it's really positive. Like, yeah, I would love to be on your show. I love your show. How awesome. But I think sometimes we think, I know I do. When I sent that email this morning, I was like, oh, what if he gets this and is like, her business is too small. She doesn't know what she's doing. Like, you know, all of like the, like he knows my hair looks bad today. Like you don't even know. It's just like your mind starts racing. So yeah, I'm happy that we're talking about the idea that it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter your gender, doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter any of those things that can feel so prominent when you are doing face-to-face -face networking, sort of fall away. It doesn't matter your income level as long as you have access to the internet, which you could get at a local library, you have the ability to reach almost anyone in the world. And that's really exciting. Absolutely. Uh, for those of you that are longtime watchers and listeners, that's basically how AV Nation started and how AV Dawn got started was, you know, we just uh, over there, you know, talking online to ourselves, we thought, and people actually listened, people actually watched. And, you know, I, I was sort of blogging off in my own little corner of the internets and, uh, you know, Tim reached out to me and said, hey, come be on my thing. And I didn't even know anyone was reading that. I just thought it was basically a glorified digital diary, you know? So uh, that that's kind of where we are as a society, I think, is is you feel like you're shouting into the void sometimes. A hundred percent. I also want to touch on what you just brought up, which is, you know, the, the 
the reach out philosophy is based on this idea that every day you're sending an email to someone on the edge of your network, friend of a friend, someone you met recently but haven't kept in touch with, perhaps a total stranger, but more likely someone that would maybe recognize your name or that you've seen something about them before, really talking about that edge of the network. That philosophy is awesome. And it's great to be proactive about reaching out, but one of the best ways that you can get people to reach out to you is to have a public project. Like you were saying, you had a blog, you were putting yourself out there on a regular basis, people could come to you. Same way with this book. There's no way that you and I would be chatting right now if I hadn't written a book, which is a public project. So I think, I think that there's a value in doing systematic networking every day to people on the edge of your network, but there's also a value in thinking, how can I attract flies to the honey? Like, what's the honey that I can put out there that would attract the type of people that I want to add to my community? Because that's really, a network is just so, who wants to talk about networking? No one. Who wants to talk about having a community where... It's your birthday and you're getting emails or Facebook messages or LinkedIn messages from all these different people, or you have a problem and you're like, oh, I think that person knows somebody that could help me. Or you have a new project to promote and you're like, great, I know a dozen people with podcasts. I can reach out to them. We're already friends and ask to be on their show. Like that's really what a community is. And it goes, it goes two ways. Right. Um, so, you know, that, that's one of the things you need to strengthen and reach out to the edges of your network. One of the things, honestly, folks, that helped me find Molly <laughs> to have her on this show is I was looking at this idea of formal network mapping. Now, I know we're tech people, we're IT people, we're AV people, not that network mapping. Okay, <laughs> Totally different network mapping than what you're thinking. This has nothing to do with your computers and servers. This has everything to do with the people you know. And one of the, I found it fascinating because I've been in the business world pushing 30 years. I don't want to admit that. And I've never really sat down and formally mapped my network. Um, and there was a great think piece I read from the Harvard Business Review about this kind of network mapping, where they said, okay, sit down with a bind map software or even a pen and paper, you know, and put your name in the center in a circle and then draw people that are direct links to you through work. And then people they might know through work and people they might know and, and build it out that way. But don't limit yourself to that. Look at people. I mean, I got business from the gym one time because I took a particular class at my gym and another lady took a class at that gym. And that lady happened to work for the IT department at a major university here in Maryland who happened to be working on a new AV project. And, you know, so you never know where these little connections are. And and so the Harvard article said, you know, just start with paper and pen if you must and network cat, as we call it in the AV industry, or napkin cat, I'm sorry, and, and, and map that network so you can see where your center network is, but also where your edges are. You know, that, that fantastic person that you're friends with at a trade show that you, you've become old friends with, don't just exchange business cards, chat about where they went to college. See, see if they know somebody who knows somebody from college that does whatever, you know, you're looking to break into. It, we, that was a big key takeaway I, I got out of your book, Molly, is just look at, look at the edges, you know, yes. look at the things that you're not immediately thinking, I'm going to call Joe. Joe knows, you know, a couple people. Who does Joe know that you've met that you can call them? A hundred percent. You know, one of my favorite quotes is 
about this idea that like the people on the edges are the ones that are seeing like unheard of things. They're the ones that can see these connections. Like, you know, if I woke up tomorrow and really wanted, you know, I'm trying to think of an example, like GE to be a client of Messy FM. Yeah, I could start with maybe my husband, my best friend, but those people that know me really well, they're not going to have connections that I don't have. But then if I start thinking, okay, A.V. Dawn, I think I saw someone on her LinkedIn that works there. Like you are farther away from me. So you are the one that can bring these connections that are more powerful to me. It's the edge of the network where it happens. Of course, it would be easier to trot upstairs and ask my husband, hey, do you know anyone at Harvard? But he's probably not, or GE or wherever we're talking about. But you, it's going to be scary to send you an email, but you probably have different connections that are more helpful to me. So yeah, all about this network mapping. Love the idea of napkin CAD. Funny story, I'm actually in a master's program right now for computer science. And like, we get the syllabus at the beginning of the course when I just started. The course is meant for people that are professionals transitioning into (laughs) computer science. And I see networking on the thing and I'm like, this is perfect. I wrote a book about networking. How amazing is this? And then I'm like reading the description. I'm like, oh, it's like a different type of networking. Not that, like I said, not that network mapping. It's a new one. So you're the subject matter expert on that. Most of our viewers and listeners are the subject matters. So look through my LinkedIn, find someone in that group and find someone to help you with. Exactly. It's amazing. Like that's how it would all happen. And going back to courage, it's like, it's about sending. I I think one of the easiest ways to not be afraid of something is to do it again and again and again to like systemize networking. And I do, I do my networking email. I call it my reach out email every morning at 915. I send my email to somebody on the edge of my network. You know, some days it's somebody I know better. Some days it's somebody I know less. Some days asking for an introduction. Someday it's a totally cold email where I pulled someone's email off of a website and, you know, I'm spending the first couple of sentences introducing who I am because they have no idea. But if you get into a rhythm where you're doing it on a regular basis, just the anxiety about it goes down and also the time it takes. The very first reach out email that you send is going to take an hour because you're going to be nervous. You're going to be like, how do I describe myself? What should be the subject line? How long should it be? Oh my gosh, it's too long. No way. It's too short. Now, you know, I can, I can dash out a networking email in probably 10 minutes or less. It's not a big thing anymore. Well, and as every good marketer type person knows, the best thing you can do is do something well once and then plagiarize yourself for the rest of your career. (laughs) If that's not the truth about marketing, uh uh-huh, yes. Now, plagiarize yourself with updates. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of a, a known joke within our industry that there are some folks, marketers and or consultants who will write something great in the 80s and then just keep copy pasting it to 2021 that that's not what we're talking about smartly <laughs> plagiarize yeah. you know that reminds me something you're talking about is like a good networking tip which is you know if you reached out to someone a year ago and you want to come back and give them an update respond on the original thread that you originally reached out it will show them that you've been trying to build a connection with them for a while it will you'll be able to be like hey since we last talked xyz happened you know you know, just replying to the original thread is a way to sort of plagiarize yourself without having to reintroduce yourself every time and to show people this isn't just take, take, take. We're trying to build a relationship here. And and a concern I hear a lot is like, oh, networking is just like asking people for stuff, but it's not. You know, I would say about half the emails I send out of people I want to add to my community, I'm not asking for anything up front. 
Maybe in the future I would, maybe I wouldn't, but it's someone that I just really enjoy their content, really enjoy what they're doing. Think maybe that they would have an idea that I haven't thought of for XYZ. Not every networking email needs to be like, can you get me a job by Friday? Here's my resume. Like <laughs> it doesn't have to be like that. And I think that's the fear a lot of people have with reaching out and networking in, in person or online is the, the fear of, you know, oh, it's just about what can you do for me when really, you know, you said it yourself, uh, reaching out to try to build a relationship with me kind of thing. Let's be honest. Uh, you don't have to be a psychologist to know people are inherently a little bit selfish. We we love being talked to. We love being talked about. We love in the good way. We we love people that are interested in us, which is why they say as a tip for communication, you know, always listen more than you talk. Always, you know, those sorts of things. And so if you show someone that you're interested in them and learning about them, that's flattering. You know, that's completely flattering. And if you take it the step further and say, you know, I I I met you that one time and we talked about this and I remember you were interested in this topic. Here's an article I saw. It made me think of you. Boom. Easy. And it's also one of those things where who doesn't love a compliment? Show me someone that doesn't love a compliment. And if you think about, you know, an easy place to start with networking is what content do you consume on a regular basis that you really enjoy? You know, you just mentioned that you read a great article in the Harvard Business Review reach out to that author, reach out to maybe the editor of that piece, or, you know, just, you don't ask everything. Just like, Hey, I found this article super helpful. Actually talked about it in a podcast that I did share a link to this. You know, I put it in the show notes, whatever it is, it's a really easy way to make someone feel really special. We, I, I talk a lot about this idea of spreading joy in someone else's inbox. You know, how many emails do we get that it's like, yet another thing to do, like yet another thing to do. How wonderful is it to open an email and just have someone complimenting you, asking a really thoughtful question, really showing an interest in your life. That's so rare. Right, right. Absolutely. And and it's one of those things that in addition to just being flattering, you know, it, it leads to more lasting connections. It builds that network. And you're not even aware that you're networking per se, because in a lot of people's minds, networking is go to the cocktail party, hand out the business card, go to the, meet the next person, hand out the business card, talk about the weather, hand out a business card. And, and that's not networking. That's handing out business cards. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's getting a stack of business cards on your desk that like, Every time you look at them, you're like, oh, I really should follow up with those people. And then you lose the business cards. You can't remember what you talked about. Somebody's business card doesn't match up to what they were saying. You also had to have gotten to that event, maybe spent money on a ticket. You know, you spend 60 bucks to go to a networking event and you don't have the right people there. That's not a very positive experience. Not that there's a, not a place for in-person events, but I, how much better is it to at least know ahead of time, hey, I know that this person is going to be at that event. I'll send an email ahead of time and be like, Hey, I saw you're on the speaker list for this. Like, let's meet f- five minutes before the event starts and just chat before everyone else gets there. Then you have a friend, you've made a stronger connection. You at least know you have one person there that's waiting for you. Reaching out is like really more than anything. It's just being strategic about what you're already doing or enjoying and telling those people, thanking them. You see an update on LinkedIn of someone that's super nice and positive and they've just gotten like a new project or a job. It's not that hard to be like, hey, this is so cool. I'm so excited for you about this thing. Like, let me know if you need anything. But like, otherwise, totally cheering you on. Takes you five seconds. And then six months from now, if you need something, you reply to the thread. If not, they're just another person for you to know. 
And and this info is super, super important for our listeners and viewers, because if I've learned anything in my 25 plus years in this industry, the audiovisual industry and the tech industry in general, but specifically AV, we're very incestuous. We're like the mafia. Once you join the AV field, you never get out. So you always want to have these positive interactions, these positive relationships with people. You never want to end anything on a really super sour note because you never know that could be your next boss or your next client or your next coworker, and you're going to have to deal with them. Yeah. So, you know, always try to keep things smiley and happy and positive because you don't know what's going to happen. And if things go south, figure out a way to make it better or to smooth it over for the people on the periphery of that relationship on your network. You mean you know? the same people going up as you do coming down. And once you're in an industry for a long time, Somebody that was your intern five years ago is now the hiring manager or they're at least a peer. You know, it's not it's not as easy to just be like social climbing, especially in small industries. It's about one thing I always say is like if you really sometimes people are like, oh, I want to network to meet a mentor. And it's like if you are having enough success in the business world to meet a mentor, then you are successful enough to mentor someone else. So for mm -hmm. every email that you send being like, hey, can I can I ask you some questions or, hey, could we get on a phone call? You can also be sending one to someone that's just coming out of school. Hey, I saw you went to my undergraduate in my major. I, I live in the same city as you. Let me be a resource to you. Other people help me. Let's hop on the phone call and see if I know anybody that could help you. You know, it's, it's strategic, but what isn't strategic? Like nothing in your life that has happened to you was because of luck. It was because you were strategic in one way or another. And networking is the same way. It's not, it's not embarrassing to say that. It's just the truth. Right. And even things that we consider to be luck aren't really luck. It's a matter of positioning yourself in a place where this luck can come to you versus, you know, you're not going to have luck meeting people sitting on your couch. But if you put yourself out there and, and even if it's still sitting on your couch, but joining an online book club or something, you put yourself in a position to luckily meet that person. 100%. Um, I also and about, think you, oh, sorry, oh, networking. Well, and, and you mentioned mentoring, you know, you don't just get a mentor, but be a mentor. Also don't rule out uh, reciprocal mentoring because, you know, I, I've learned over the years, you know, I was a dancer and then I was a, a tenor drummer, just those hobbies. And one of the things that I've found out is I get as much education from teaching others as I do from being taught. So it's the same thing with a mentoring relationship. If you're mentoring someone younger, learn from them as well as teaching them. If you're getting mentored by someone older, share your insights and your ideas with them because they might be getting as much or more out of it than you are. Um, you know, every interaction, you know, it's, it's like dropping a pebble in a pond. Every interaction ripples out into something else and you don't know what effect that might have both on your ah. career and life. I love that pebble analogy. I also think, you know, talking about luck, one of the ways to be luckier is to have something that people can really point to that you do well. So I think one of the hardest parts about networking is like, you know, getting your bio down, how you introduce yourself to someone else. I, I think it's really tempting when we're meeting someone new to tell them all the different parts of our lives. I do this, <laughs> I do that. One time I did this, also blah, blah, blah. I think when you first meet someone, zero in on the thing that would be most appealing to them and focus on that. Over time, as a relationship develops, you can share other parts of yourself. 
But I do think it's confusing. You know, I run a podcasting platform. If I'm reaching out to someone about that and I'm like, hi, I'm Molly. I run a podcasting platform and I wrote a book and I have a dog and I live in Orlando. It's like, what the heck is going on? You just zero in on those on those things that are really exciting for the other person. Over time, you can add to your bio. But if you zero in, you get luckier because people are like, oh, yeah, Molly, she wrote that book about networking. She would be a great guest. Like, it, it's just, it's more narrow. It's easier for people to place you in their their network nodules. Yeah. Mental Rolodex, for those yeah. of you old enough to remember what a Rolodex is. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, you know, we, we've talked about this. It, reaching out isn't just for business. It isn't just for getting jobs or finding new customers. You know, this is something that could help in your personal life, um, help your kid. You, you mentioned, you know, your parents' network will help your kids get into college or, or get their first job or, or you know, help your parents find a, a, a new golf buddy. I mean, there, there's a lot of different ways that we can apply reach out marketing in our lives, right? Could not agree with that more. And it, to me, it's all about, not to hammer this point home, but it's all about just doing it daily. You know, have you ever met someone that says, oh, I feel like I know too many people? No. And when you make a point of, let's say there's five days in a week, you're reaching out five days in a row. You know, two of those days, you're building relationships with potential clients. Two of those days, there are people in your local community that you maybe you want more friends where you live and you saw that they're active in, you know, I live in Orlando, the Orlando Entrepreneurs Group, reaching out to those. And then one day it's to, you know, a podcaster that you absolutely love and you just want to tell them you love your show. You do that again and again in some arrangement of like breaking those five people down. You will build a community around yourself that, you know, some of those are for friends, some of those are for work, some of those are just because you think someone's cool. Like, it's okay to just read <laughs> someone because you're like, oh, yeah, I, like, really admire this person. It would be, like, like, I love, total random example, I love Whitney Port. She's from The Hills, which is, like, you know, she has these, like, funny YouTubes that she, like, recaps The Hills, which is on MTV and, like, the OOs. And I just thought it would be really cool to get an email from her. So I sent her an email being like, I love your stuff. It's so fun. And you know what? It was really cool. I got an email back probably from her assistant that was like, hey, thanks so much for watching. And I'm like, this is so fun. Let me screenshot this, share with my friends. It's okay to just have networking. Whitney and I are not going for drinks anytime soon. She's not becoming a client of Messy FM. She probably has not read my book. But man, it's just fun to be like adding, like having some cool emails come into your life and you never know where it's going to shake out. And that goes back to our point. You were flattered by the fact that even if it was a PA or something responding, you, so you flattered. Response for her. Look at me talking to you about it. It was like six months ago. It's like, and every time I like watch her YouTube now, I'm like in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, like read emails. Like it's just a fun, it's just a way to bring more joy to my life more than anything else. So it also makes it less scary for when I send a cold email in a month to, you know, the head of comms at GE, to use this GE example, that's less scary because I've already been doing it and practicing it for a while, five days a week for X amount of years. Plus you get a cool cocktail story. Hey, I got an email from, I, I, I still talk about the time I tweeted, my, my former dog's name was Wesley Wyndham Mead, and he was named that after Wesley Wyndham Price, the character on Buffy and Angel. I tweeted the name that he was my new dog and he was the rogue squirrel hunter. And the guy that played Wesley Wyndham Price, Alexis Denisoff, tweeted me back and said he approved of the name. Like, 
it's one of those things. It brought me joy. It brought me geeky, you know, geek gasms as we call them. And I, love I was, it. I was super excited by that. Same kind of thing. Now I'm never going to go hang out with him and his missus, uh, uh, the played Willow, you know, Allison, you know, um, but still it's a cool story. It's a cool interaction and it does make you braver to go out and reach out to someone that you do have things to talk about that you might work with or interact with. Yeah, it's just bookending this conversation. It's all about being braver. And the only way to become braver is to do something that scares you enough times that you're not as scared anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I wanted to talk about is how we can, you know, like I said at the beginning, we've been sitting on our couches for most of a year now. Some of us are starting back to work. Some of us do have in-person trade shows coming up in the next few months, hopefully, Delta and Sigma and whatever the new variants are, uh, you know, notwithstanding, will hopefully be at some in-person things. But while you're still sitting at home, while things are still slow and gearing back up, let's listen to Molly and let's set aside a time every day or every week to just reach out to someone on the periphery of our networks and see what that can do for our personal career, for our business, for growing projects, um, or just, you know, making someone stay a little better. Because this it. year we could do, we could use that. A hundred percent. And using your example of in-person trade shows coming up, use the hashtags of the event from last year. Go on Twitter. Who was tweeting about it last year? Reach out to them and be like, hey, I'm hoping to go to this event in a few months. Saw you went to the virtual version or maybe you went to the in-person two years ago. Do you have any tips for me? And if you're going this year, let's meet up. Another sort of tip on that is if you ask someone with, when you ask someone the question, if you include the number one in it, it's easier for them to answer. And you also typically get more than one response. So you might say like, what's one book you recommend? What's one tip you have for attending this event this year? What's one person you think I should meet in this field? Usually people will reply back with more than one, but asking for one makes it easier for them to answer. And like, instead of saying like, if you say like, hey, do you have any tips for me? They feel like a letdown if they only have one. Or if you say do you have one, they probably have something and they might even have more than that. So and they get to over deliver. <laughs> who doesn't, you give someone a chance to over deliver, which is right. awesome. Like that's what we want to be making people feel like they're adding value to our lives and letting someone over deliver is an easy way to do that. That's fantastic advice and advice that I just wrote down that I'm going to use when we go to Infocom. Um, Molly, I want to thank you so much for A, responding to my brave LinkedIn request to, to friend up here um, and for agreeing to be on the show and talk about your book today. Um, one of the things we do here on AV Nation is we end every show with letting uh, our guests tell everyone where you, where you can be found on the socials. You know, if you have a Twitter handle, if you have an Insta, you know, TikTok, whatever you might happen to have, or where they can find your book or your company. Love it. So I wrote the book Reach Out, published by McGraw Hill. You can find it wherever books are sold. Also run Messy FM, www.messy.fm. We do internal podcasting for large organizations. You can always find me on all the social platforms, Miss Molly Beck, M-S-M-O-L-L-Y-B-E-C-K. And of course, you can always reach out to me and send me an email. My email is molly at messy.fm. Thank you so much for having me on this show today. 
absolutely. Thank you so much again for appearing. And uh, hopefully we can meet up again sometime. <laughs> we'll stay on each other's network webs somewhere. <laughs> absolutely love it. Thank you again. Yes. And everyone, as usual, I'm your host of AV Social, Dawn Mead. You can find me on all the social networks at AV Dawn or Dawn Mead, M-E-A-D-E, like the fort and the general. Hoorah. And um, you can definitely find me coming up in October when we all go down to Orlando, Molly's hometown for Infocom. I'll be there teaching two classes and I'll be there with the AV Nation crew so you can find us and maybe we'll talk Molly into coming out to our, our uh, meetup at some point. Yes, so, love yeah. it. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, visit, make sure you go and visit our sponsors page here on avnation.tv. They're the folks that make it possible for us to bring you this and a number of other podcasts, including our weekly shows, AV Week and Resi Week. And thank you all for watching and listening. We appreciate it. Have a great day.